Uh, we have, uh, are transitioning this week from a series that we finished last week on giving and on money and on wealth building. Um, in a couple weeks away, right after Labor Day weekend, uh, we are going to be studying First and Second Timothy. But we had a few weeks in between, and I was praying and asking the Lord about direction, saying, Lord, what would you have us to cover uh, for these few weeks? And I talked with a retired pastor um, when I was on vacation uh, a few weeks back, and uh, he, he said something that I can't get off my mind. He said that uh, as a pastor, he had pastored for 40 years, he said, I really felt the weight of what we provide from the pulpit is the spiritual diet for most of the people. And it, because obviously, I mean, you guys do your own devotions and things, but on a weekly basis, what we provide here, uh, it's like a meal being uh, prepared and then served. And of course, the Word of God is the meat, and it brings life and energy and hope. And, uh, and I said, wow, that brings a lot of responsibility to what we do on Sunday mornings. And I was saying, Lord, help us. And then I was thinking, why, why do we exist? We exist to make disciples. And part of that plan is Sunday morning. Uh, part of that is throughout the week, of course. And it's hard work, and it's not easy, and it can become messy. And, uh, but I really believe that with the Holy Spirit's help, no matter what playing field that you're on, no matter what, uh, where your life is going, if you can change the trajectory of your spiritual life, even a small degree, even a small step in the right direction, over time, if you can imagine, you know, maybe 5%, over time, the impact is significant in your lives. And I don't know where everyone is this morning in their spiritual journey. And, uh, and that's okay. But small changes spiritually over time will make a huge, huge impact. And it's part of the discipleship process. None of us get saved and then we arrive, right? Unless Jesus comes, right? Uh, and, and that hasn't happened. And so it's a process for all of us. And with these thoughts in mind, uh, I want to kind of introduce uh, this next topic that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. And really, it is a skill of discipleship. It's a topic so critical that we will inevitably address it over and over again. It's foundational to our faith. It's something that we must receive, and then we must give it, and we must live it out. And when you think you are getting it figured out, this topic things morph or change, and things that used to work may not work in the future, and so there must be continual learning around this topic. And today is really going to be an introduction, and then we're going to bring some new, and, and we're going to look at some material that we've covered before. But as we pursue this topic, I want you to know there is a promise of freedom for your life, strong relationships, peace and joy and a clear conscience and uh, more of a carefree living. But without it, if you ignore this, if you hold on um, to the reverse of this, the promise is pain and isolation and fear, a huge weight, uh, really walking around unhealthy. And this skill of discipleship I'm talking about is forgiveness. And I want to talk about forgiveness and it, I want to share some topics, again, that, that we've looked at several years ago. But I, as I was preparing and kind of bringing some things, I was thinking about it, and I was like, yes, this is something that will change people's lives. This will really impact people uh, that really need this. And, uh, and I wasn't so much thinking about myself, 
But then the Lord really, especially when I talked about the issue of revenge, when I was looking at some old notes, I'm saying, man, I've got a need here. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, it talks about why would you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, Pastor Pete, right? When all the time you got a plank, a big two by four or four by six or something in your own eye. You hypocrite. And I think I was maybe. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. And I'm thinking, oh Lord. And the Lord started working in my life. There was an issue this summer, and I'm still dealing with it, by the way, um, where I have wanted to get revenge like Samson. And I don't know if you've ever studied uh, Judges 15. There's an awesome story there where Samson, his wife, is sold to another man to, to sleep with um, and by, her by his father-in-law. He's so mad, he ties 300 foxes together, lights a torch on each of them, and they run through the field. They burn up the field. When the Philistines hear about it, they, uh, they say, who caused this? They find out what happened. They kill the father-in-law and the wife for participating. And then by the end of the chapter, revenge is, is with Samson's 300 men were involved, or 3,000 men, and Samson killed 1,000 men with a jawbone. He just went all crazy. And, uh, and not that I wanted to kill anybody this summer. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> but I've been dealing with some feelings of wanting to get back at a couple people. And you guys want to hear the story? Uh, let's go. All right, let's go. Here we go. Is that Jason? Nice to see you, man. I thought that, that was you. So I like to spearfish, right? And you guys know that, all right? And I told this first service, Jessica wasn't here, and I just saw her boy, or saw her go, oh, no, don't tell this, but it's too late. I'm going to tell you anyway. And so I was spearfishing early on this year, first time in Michigan, and I realized after the fact that I didn't have a license to fish. And the DNR, they're not the most uh, forgiving people. And, uh, but it's worse that when you're spearfishing, you're down, you free dive, you go down 20, 30 feet, and you're looking at fish, and depending on the clarity, um, you, know, you feel like James Bond under the water, and you're going. And, and uh, I, um, I shot a bass, a nice, big, largemouth bass uh, that was good size, and I... I know after I get it up to the to the surface, I'm like, hey, what did I shoot? I'm a horrible identifier of fish. I know what they look like now. But anyway, my friend that was with me, he's like, that's a bass. Get that under the water. And I made the choice, and a bad choice, and I know I've, uh, I've made the choice to keep the bass fish. I put it on my stringer, and I'm like, what do you do? I've already killed it, right? It has spears in it. It's going to die. I might as well eat it. And it was good. But the problem was, is that someone took a picture of me and my buddy fishing, spearfishing, and then called the DNR, took pictures of his car, they tracked us down, and I wanted to kill this guy. And I mean, not kill this guy. I wanted to just slit his tire. No, I didn't say that. I've had all sorts of horrible thoughts towards this guy that turned us in. Not really realizing, and my wife has helped me in this, that really I was at fault, and I really shouldn't have all these feelings of revenge. And 
I don't know how that deals with forgiveness. It's certainly a story of revenge, but we're talking about forgiveness, and we all need it at some level. And I need to forgive myself, probably. I need to forgive this guy and send him a letter. I don't know. Uh, but we all need it. As Christ followers, we need to know how to follow Christ as he ex- uh, lived out forgiveness. Even as non-believers, we need non-believers need to learn how to be forgivers as well. It's something about living in community, living with people that is so, so important. In fact, I want to just give a shout out for next Sunday. When we're all together, one service uh, at Rising of Park, pray for great weather. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And uh, it's a great service, fun and and upbeat worship. And and we're going to bring a message on forgiveness. You can feel confident next week to bring unsaved friends. And even if they don't get saved, they can get some nuggets of truth in regards to forgiveness because we all need it. We all need this encouragement to grow. And if you call yourself a Christ follower, you need to grow. And it's a skill of discipleship because at one point or another, someone is going to wrong you. Someone is going to hurt you. Someone's going to cause you pain. There's going to be anger and bitterness that will creep in. Unforgiveness creeps in. And what happens? It ends up owning you. How many have been there before? It ends up shaping you. Vengeful thoughts uh, creep in. And then they escalate. uh, Like in uh, uh, Judges 15, there's always an inflammatory nature to revenge. In unforgiveness, it causes a wedge in relationship, causes divisions in marriages and relationships, in work environments. And again, it can start off small as a small offense, and if it's not dealt with, if it's not taken care of, it grows and grows and grows. It's seen in family issues. It's seen in business partnerships. It's seen at school. It's seen in all sorts of ways. Perhaps someone took something from you, stole something, or maybe there was some sort of abuse, an attack, or maybe it was even passive. And we all come to the point where we need to recognize and say, you know what, this skill of forgiveness, this skill of discipleship needs to be at work in our lives. And so we're going to talk about it. And we've talked about this in the past, but we're going to re-examine some things this morning that we've covered previous. Um, In fact, it's funny, someone came up to me after first service and said, um, have you preached this before? And I said, yes, I have. And uh, this is an introductory, an introduction and wanted to kind of bring like three or four messages on forgiveness back into uh, play. And, uh, and then we're going to move forward next week. But I believe this morning, as we talk about this, that God wants to get a hold of some of our lives. And some of you haven't heard this, some of you have, but either way, let God work. I believe it's possible even that you have offended someone else in this idea of forgiveness. Someone's holding something against you and the light bulb is going to go on and you're going to be able to address it and God is going to get the glory in your life. We need to learn not only to extend forgiveness uh, to others, uh, we also need to extend forgiveness to ourselves. Maybe you've done something, you've said something, you've made a mistake, or you've lived some sort of secret life. Maybe there's, uh, there's some memory that has haunted you. You feel like things will never be the same. And I just want to say that as you forgive yourself, as God has forgiven you already, if you've asked Him to, um, you can get progress. And again, if you're on this playing field, and even if you take a small step over time, it's going to make a huge impact 
in your lives. And so my prayer is that there will be stories in your life and in your family's life that will emerge. It may be past stories of forgiveness or maybe something you're dealing with right here, right now, that you're going to get a chance to really sink into and start that process of change because I want to say hope is absolutely pos- possible. And a transfer of knowledge from Sundays to into our hearts, conversations around the water coolers at work or at school or uh, we're in your neighborhoods or around your uh, kitchen table, I believe God gave me a picture where God is going to use you many of you, and your story to be a blessing to someone in this next few weeks. And I believe that God is going to do that. And so I want to talk about forgiveness and what forgiveness is. But before we say what forgiveness is, let's look at what forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not the same as condoning. If you condone something, you say, oh, it's okay, right? If you condone someone to you know, jump off a bridge, you're saying, hey, it's okay to jump off a bridge. Although in Michigan, there is a law, you're not allowed to jump off a bridge. And I know that from personal experience. But anyway, (laughs) it's not the same. Forgiveness is not pretending it, whatever the situation was, was not seriously wrong. Forgiveness says it's not condoning the pain or the hurt or saying, you know, things that were said or situations or the, if you were taken advantage of, you're not saying it was okay. In fact, a great example is a great church in North Carolina when the mass murderer came in and sat in on a, um, a Bible study and then decided to kill a bunch of people. That was a great story of forgiveness. We talked about that three or four weeks ago, remember? But they were not condoning the behavior. I want you to see this. And obviously that's an extreme example. But it's not okay, the neglect or the rage, or the misbehavior. We don't condone. And with that thought of condoning, oftentimes we look at it and we say, well, it, it wasn't as bad as it was. And so sometimes denial comes in or minimizing what happened. And forgiveness is none of those things. Number two, forgiveness is not the same as forgetting. Only God forgives and forgets. And I was thinking about it. You know, the Bible verse that says that he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west, right? But you know what? We know that God, he's, he knows all things. He can forget. He can do that. But we don't necessarily forget. And I would say it's not even advised at sometimes to forget. Sometimes we need to remember. If we've been lied to a dozen times or we've been cheated over and over or someone has stolen something. Uh, I use example for service. If you've ever dealt with uh, addiction in your family, um, maybe a drug addiction, and uh, maybe the person that's getting uh, help, or maybe they've recovered or recovering, and they say, can't you just forgive and forget? And you need to say, no, we will forgive you, but we need to remember to keep good boundaries, and, and we need to keep you moving in the right direction. And if we forget, we will be hurt again. And we need to remember that forgiving is not the same as forgetting. Also, sometimes the worst thing you could do 
is try to forget yourself, try to repress the situation, stuff it all in, and that's not healthy either. We bury the thoughts or the action, uh, the actions deep down in our soul, and all of a sudden, a time bomb goes off, and someone interrupts you, someone says something, someone bumps you, uh, you know, a trigger, and all of a sudden, you unleash all kinds of crazy, and uh, that is not God-honoring as well. Number three, forgiveness is not reconciliation either so it's not condoning it's not forgetting it's not reconciliation reconciliation basically means that you make things as if they were like they once were and uh, you restore a relationship and the best possible situation is that yes reconciliation is the goal but it may not be able you may not be able to be in the same room as someone that hurts you ever Sometimes there are dangerous people or toxic situations or, da- or toxic people. Things may never go back to the way that they were. You may never get the chance to restore a relationship fully with serious offenses. And in God, He can do anything, and we understand that. And there can be forgiveness and deep healing, uh, and God can do that. And it's hard work, but forgiveness is not always reconciliation. You tracking with me? Number four, forgiveness is different than justice and consequences. I will be in court this week, you can pray for me, on Thursday morning, dealing with the DNR, and I've got a lawyer to represent me, and we're going to make it. But that's justice. I will end up paying some serious fines because of my mistakes, and I own that. But justice, sometimes people say, well, forgive. If you forgive, then you don't need to pay. And that's not the case. If you say, I forgive you, that person, whatever the case might be, they may still need to pay. In some circumstances, court orders are appropriate or to call the authority or to get a restraining order. Within the family, if you can, you know, let me just ask the question, how many of you were spanked as a kid? You know, all right? And you guys still made it? Wow, not as many as, me and Pastor B's like, yes. <laughs> Uh, not as many as first, first service seemed like everybody, but, uh, you know, things change. But, uh, you know, we spank our kids. We, we spanked our kids. I was spanked. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, the Bible says spare the rod. What? Spoil the child. Oh, yeah, I heard that. And, uh, and, but we do that, and we say, well, yeah, we forgive our kids, right? But that doesn't mean they don't get spanked or that they're grounded or they have privileges taken away. And in business, it's the same thing um, with, you know, it's different with consequences. You may never be able to be partners again with someone uh, because of the consequences around that. And also forgiveness, and this is a little side note that just put in my notes, it's not on the notes here, is not codependency either, where we say, oh, we'll take the responsibility for what someone else has done. And uh, that's a whole other situation. But you say, well, what is forgiveness? Well, there's some insight in God's word. In fact, there's quite a bit. of insight in God's Word. And I want to bring us back to a passage that we studied uh, about three or four years ago in Matthew chapter 18. And when I said, hey, we want to do this, um, I wanted to come back and kind of start here again. And some of you are new with us or weren't here three years ago, or maybe if you were here, this is something that you can, uh, it will be a great refresher. But there's some insight in this, uh, these few verses, and actually there's quite a few verses here I'm going to read. But it's a progression of logic first, 
then the forgiveness comes, and it's seen in financial terms uh, with, with a parable that is told, and it's brilliant, and I want to read it. Matthew chapter 18, you can follow along, starting verse 15. It says, if your brother sins against you, and it says if, and it should say when. I mean, I'm, I didn't write the Bible, but when your brother sins against you, because it's going to happen, right? It says, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. If he has not listened, take one or two along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as if you would a pagan or a tax collector. Verse 21. After this, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, not seven times, but 77 times. Some of your versions may say 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. So then Jesus is telling a story here. This is not a true story, but it's a parable. Who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the, t- the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold and repay to repay the debt. The servant fell on the knees before on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master had pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. And we're going to see the importance of that and uh, how huge that was in just a second. But then in verse 28, but then that servant went out. He found a, one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, 100 denarii. He grabbed him and began choking him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged like he had just done earlier. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But this servant said, no, I refuse. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured, tortured, until he should be able to pay back everything that was owed. And this, verse 35, is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray. Lord, these words are really uh, interesting and very powerful. I pray that as we continue to get our minds around them, that you would just reveal your truth to us, some principles that we can glean as we talk about forgiveness. And Lord, I pray that you would just reveal in our hearts areas where we need forgiveness, where we need to extend forgiveness or even um, receive it uh, as well. God, I pray, Lord, that you do a mighty, mighty work beyond anyone here, our ability. And Lord, as we take a risk and, and just ask, God, that you would do, uh, su- the, do the supernatural. God, I pray that we can walk in your ways. We thank you for this. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, what is forgiveness? The first thing I see in this passage is that forgiveness is personal. You see it right from the beginning. It says, if you have an issue with your brother, it's a personal 
If someone sinned against you, and forgiveness is always that way, and should be handled privately and with dignity, and that it's personal in the sense that you cannot be mad at an organization or a church or a group or a business. You're mad at the people inside of those organizations or that church or group or business. And what's interesting, it's the process. And, and if you've been hurt deeply, and if there's a lot of pain and a lot of bitterness, it's not like you just flip a switch and things are, are better. Forgiveness is a process. There are st- taking steps in the right direction. And the ultimate goal is freedom, but freedom doesn't always come right away. We also see that in this passage is that freedom uh, or that forgiveness uh, is a process in the sense that it takes some time to work that out. And it may take many times of forgiving before a situation is resolved. Peter is asking the question. Now, you remember, Peter's the one that's walked on water. He's the one that at the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Peter comes to Jesus and says, how many times, you talk about sinning against your brother and how to handle that, but how many times should I forgive my brother? And then he says, seven times? And we look at that, and we know Jesus' answer, but that was very generous. Peter is thinking, according to the Old Testament, it was eye for an eye. In Jewish law, and many of the laws, it was three times, and then justice. And so Peter's saying, man, seven times, Jesus? Is that how many times? And Jesus responds with something amazing. He says, not seven times, but 70 times seven, or 77 times, which is a correlation to Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4 verse 24, but 70 times 7, 490 times. And the, and the idea there is that that would happen daily. You would need to forgive someone 490 times every day if they did the same thing for each offense. That's once every three minutes if you didn't go to sleep even a wink. That's a lot of forgiveness. But it's a process. And with that process, there should be integrity and unity, and authority, and we see that as well. The next thing we see is that forgiveness should be inexhaustible. Did I skip one? No, it's personal, it's a process, and then uh, forgiveness should be inexhaustible. And that's what we see in that, that example. And then there's this great story of this king, and Jesus illustrates his forgiveness towards us, but also the way we are to forgive others with this story. And I'll just give you the brief uh, highlights of it and uh, just for time's sake. A good king is a business-minded king and he's dealing with debt here and the first servant owes 10,000 talents. Now in my mind, when I first read that, I think like $10,000, right? Or maybe, you know, yeah, $10,000. I'm thinking that's a lot of money, right? But in reality, 10,000 talents is way more than that. We said a few weeks ago that one denarii was one day's work. 6,000 denarii, so 6,000 days of work equals one talent. And so then 10,000 talents times 6,000 denarii, this is hard to believe, is 60 million days of work. At minimum wage, that's over $2.5 billion was owed. Now, Jesus was using this. This wasn't a real story, but he's saying if there was a king, and he, was, he had someone that had a debt, this was a debt that virtually nobody could pay. It was a debt so big, and the king cancels the debt. Now, is that good business? Absolutely not. 
Why would he do it? The king pays the debt. He pays the price. He throws away the bookkeeping. He dies to the system. Why? So that a servant can have new life. And that's what Jesus does, doesn't he? He takes our debt, our sin, and he nailed it to the cross, something we didn't deserve. And uh, it's inexhaustible towards us. And what God's plan for us is that we would forgive in the same manner. And it's something, not only is it inexhaustible, but forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. And we see that the second servant owed 100 denarii, which is about three to four months of work, maybe 15 to 20,000, depending on you know, how you get your mind around that. Is that payable? At some level, yes. But forgiveness is a choice. And that first servant walks out. He leaves the presence of the king and his heart is unchanged. The grace and the pity did not affect him. And the king finds out, and ultimately, he tortures him in verse 35, or verse 34, and he says that this is the way it will work in the kingdom of God, that if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven as well. Ultimately, this topic of forgiveness could affect your eternal life with Jesus forever. But it's a choice. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, we see that it is indeed a choice. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, that's a Christ follower, that's someone that loves the Lord, that's following him. It says, therefore, as Christ, or, uh, God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What a great verse to try to get your mind around. But verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you want. No, everyone, your grievances, you may uh, have against one another, every single one. And then it says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ultimately, church, we are supposed to be being formed in the image of God. We're created in His image, but we're being transformed into His likeness and to be able to forgive, and it's our choice to do that. And I just want to remind you that it's what, you know, remind you of what Jesus did for you. Remember what you did to Jesus, your sin nailed him to the cross. There's no amount of goodness that could ever, that you could gain forgiveness without his blood shed. God gives grace and mercy. He gives forgiveness freely. But if you hold on to unforgiveness of any kind, the result for the first servant was torture till he could pay it back. And the result for us is pain and isolation and fear and un- just being unhealthy. And ultimately, again, it could affect our eternal life. And so forgiveness is, is something we need to get our mind around. It's something we need to grow in. It's something we need to learn and then to be able to share. Forgiveness is something we must receive first from our Heavenly Father. But then it's something we must give give to others but then even to give to ourselves and we need to continue to learn in this way and so this morning in just a moment i'm going to give you opportunity if you have not received jesus as your personal savior if you've not received forgiveness you will get that chance here just a moment to call on the name of jesus and maybe you're away from the lord and it's a chance to come back to receive that forgiveness but i also want us to address this idea that forgiving is personal, it's messy, 
It's not easy. It's a process, and we're going to talk about next steps next week. It's a choice. You've got to decide, am I going to hold on to this? Am I going to let this eat me alive? Or am I going to experience the flip side of that, the freedom and the joy and the peace and strong relationships that are possible? So I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to just ask that you would just search your own heart. And first of all, if you're here today and you need forgiveness from the Lord for any reason, uh, that could be you know, that you've messed up this week and you haven't had the chance to ask Him, or maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive you uh, of your sins. I want you just to raise your hand. No one looking around. Eyes closed. This is between you and the Lord. And then I want to pray for you. Yeah. Who else saying, man, I, I've got some things in my life that I need to be forgiven from. Yeah. And I just want to say, there are three or maybe maybe more individuals. Yeah, thank you. That have raised their hands, acknowledging that they've done some things that they need forgiveness. God's grace is so amazing. He covers our sin when we ask Him to do so, when we put our faith in Him. And so this morning, in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to take a chance to, to, to kind of uh, have that moment where we can say, Lord, I give you my life. I put my faith in you. And for those of you that raise your hands, I want you to be ready to respond in that way. But I also want you, to, with your eyes closed and head bowed, to think about, uh, are you holding on to something? Has someone hurt you in any way that you're still holding on and haven't fully forgiven someone in your life. And again, with no eyes looking around, just between you and the Lord, that's you. I want you to raise your hand. And then we're going to pray here in a moment. Yeah. Yeah, lots of hands, sure. Are you holding something against someone? Now I want you to put the other shoe on, and I want you to search your heart and your life and ask the question, have you offended someone where someone is holding something against you and there's unforgiveness in that relationship, maybe not so much from your side, but you're aware of an offense that you've caused. And if that's the case, I'd like you to raise your hand as well. Anybody? Yeah, sure. Thank you for your honesty. Sure. You can put your hands down. And then the last is probably the most difficult to identify, but it certainly uh, can happen. Are there those here, and again, with the eyes closed, no one looking around, I'll be the only one just so I can pray. I'm not going to call you out at any level. If you're here this morning and you're struggling forgiving yourself, things you've done, things you've said, I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. All right, if I could have your eyes back on me for a moment. There were hands all over and there's a lot of folks, just kind of confirmation. And, you know, I pray sup- that the supernatural can take over at this point because we need the Holy Spirit. And the question I have is, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you in regards to this topic this morning? And what is the next step? And what I want to do is provide some space, some room at this point for you to acknowledge uh, what God is doing 
because I believe the Holy Spirit can be the best teacher and he can give you the next step. And we're going to talk about next steps and things to do next week. Uh, and we're, it's going to be a great service. But, but this week, I mean, God can speak to you in this moment and he can soften your heart and he can help you to move forward right away. And I believe he wants to do that. So I'm going to ask that everybody stand and I'm going to ask that you just spend the next few moments. We're going to put some music on. In fact, you can go ahead and get that going. And we're going to create some moments to answer this question around this topic. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And then we're going to end together. Service is not complete or not finished. But just in these next few moments, just cry out to the Lord right where you are and say, Lord, help me. Help me to understand just in your own way. Holy Spirit, what are you doing inside of me? Thank you, Lord. Your strength, God, for your mercy, God. Lord, your forgiveness, God. Oh, God, do a mighty work. Have your way, God. Challenge us beyond our ability, God. Things we've held on to, God, let us let it go. Help us to walk in freedom, God. Oh, God, I pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to strengthen your spiritual muscles here. And I, we're just going to go for another minute or two. I just want you to just, in your own way, your own words, just talk to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, God, for what you're doing inside of me. You're changing me, God. You're strengthening me, God. You're helping me, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that we can come to you, that we can experience all that you have. God, I pray. For those of you that raise your hands needing forgiveness, uh, I want you just to ask the Lord to forgive you. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Make me clean. Come into my life, if that's the prayer that you are praying. God, change me in Jesus' name. If you're holding on, just tell the Lord, God, I want to let go. Help me to take the next steps to do so. And if you've offended someone, give, pray for courage to address that person. Confront the situation and get resolution. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And for those of you that raise your hand saying, I, I can't forgive myself for what I've done, or I'm really struggling in this area, God, I pray for a peace and a strength, supernatural. Holy Spirit, do a mighty, mighty work. God, we choose, we choose to forgive and to be forgiven. Hallelujah. Just another 30 seconds. Just cry out to the Lord, and then we'll be done. Thank you, Lord. God, do a mighty, mighty work, God. From the front to the back, God, to a deep, deep work, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. And now, just if you're comfortable, I want you to raise your hands to the Lord. And I just want you to thank the Lord for his help. And I will close us in prayer. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are such a good God, that you've provided a way that we can have our sins removed. And God, what a gift. And God, I pray that that forgiveness would be a reality in all of our lives and in all of our families' lives, in all of our friends, in all of our neighbors, God. Help us, God. 
God, help us to be an example in our own lives that we would go from here and share about your forgiving power and how you allowed us to forgive or how we were forgiven. And God, let our stories make a difference in others' lives. We thank you for it. And God, I pray as we go here, you go before us, behind us, and all around us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. As we're dismissed, we're going to transition into a time of greeting. And you can turn the music up and just find someone you don't know. Introduce yourself. Go in the grace of God. We love you. Thank you for being here. And come back next week as we continue our thoughts on forgiveness. Amen.